Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. And welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin and today we'll be speaking with Ben about his mental health journey and some of his positive life-changing moments, including his experience with eye movement desensitisation and processing, EMDR therapy. He moved to Australia from Sri Lanka almost a decade ago now, where he was able to access help and begin a new journey towards wellness. But before we get started today, Ben has kindly offered to do our acknowledgement. So Ben, I'm going to hand it over to you now. Yeah, I would like to acknowledge. Uh, I like to begin my acknowledging to the traditional owners of the land on which we are meet today. I would also like to pay my respect to elders past, present, past and present. I acknowledge the stories, traditional living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples on this land and commit to building a brighter future together. Beautiful. Thanks, Ben. Uh, That was lovely. And thank you for agreeing to come on the show today to share your lived experience with our listeners. So to give a bit of background, you know, to your story, you immigrated to Australia when you were 42. What was life like for you before moving to Australia? Yeah, before moving to Australia and living in Sri Lanka, on that time uh, in my life, in age of uh, 19, I got a terrible period of my life, not only me, my whole the family, because uh, the, some guerrilla group killed my dad in front of me and in front of my family. And uh, I have one, uh, one sister and myself and my mom. And that is guerrilla group means uh, same like Viet, Viet Cong guerrilla. They are the social group, socialist group. And my dad was a full headmaster and he's in the democratic stream. He's a democrat, democratic, he believes the democratic values and everything. And they killed my dad. Mm. On that day, the darkest day of my life. I can imagine, yeah. And that is not only killing my dad. They asked to, within 48 hours, within 24 hours, do the funeral and go out of the that district. That wow. means we, are, we have to go somewhere. On that time, we have we haven't any place to go, mm. and they order us how to do the funeral because they given the instruction. The guerrilla group, yeah, they told my dad's body need to be take to the cemetery below the knee level. So this was and all happening. Asked, this was all happening within you know moments of, of you losing yeah, 20, your father. Twenty four hours. 
Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. And after that, they asked me to drag the body to the cemetery. And it need to be dragged by myself and my mom and my sister as well. Oh, goodness. That would have been yeah, a very so traumatizing moment. And, yeah. Mm. And we are dragged to the ground. On that time, I saw the people with the gun because the guerrilla group surrounded us. There is no any security there for us, our family. And after, however, my, my aunt, that means my mom's sister, mm-hmm. told, okay, you can come to our house. That is in Kalambu area. After within 24 hours, we went there. How far is that from where you were? Uh, that is uh, 120 kilometers away. Oh, wow, so that's a long way From to travel. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that is the darkest period. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. And how after long after that went, event did you stay in, in, in Sri Lanka? How long after that were, were you there for? After I came here, after I think maybe 25 years after I came to Australia. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. In the age of my 19, this happened. Yeah, and when you were 19, wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm really sorry that happened. That's awful. Yeah. And, yeah, after that, another consequences happened because uh, the on those days, there is an unofficial armed force there. They are against the that guerrillas. They are against to them, and they kill the guerrillas. Okay. On that time, the unofficial armed for groups they are asking myself and my mom, who are the leaders of the, that guerrilla group? Because mm-hmm. we are in the village, we know each other and we know their activities. And after that, myself and my mom refused to tell the names. You're worried for your own safety? Yeah, I'm, yeah. We are worried for our safety as well as if we are given their names, what will happen? They will kill them. That's the main point because we are not happy to kill anyone mm. so not only if you just lost your dad but you're also being put in this really difficult position where you're worrying about the safety of your family and you've had to move so far away yeah i can yeah. only imagine how that would have been so difficult yeah. yeah because we are in a big big stress on that time and, and after that they are not stopped from there the on that area in my dad's area on in the candy they put on a rumor, rumor, I kill my dad. Yeah, because it's done by purposefully the unofficial armed group. Because we are not provided the information to them. Yeah, so they tell everyone that you did it. There's a way to try and get you to talk. Yeah, this is the red light for myself and my mom. Yeah. And after that, my mom's friends told, hide your son. That means myself. Mm-hmm. Because if they are they are next step is they are killing myself, mm. and that is justified. Yeah. So you would have spent a lot of years trying to to keep yourself away from from people knowing where you were or what was what you were yeah. doing. I, around two years, yeah. I lived my uncle's place in Downs House. Yeah. The Matra area, and that is also awful time because in near there. There mm-hmm. is a torturing home, torturing mm-hmm. house. Yeah. Because everyone knows that one. Mm-hmm. And I am so stressed. 
Of course, yeah. Yeah. So how long, how long, so you would have went through all of this experience surrounding the death of, of your father and then having to hide. And then is that why you moved to Australia? Uh, that is almost all three years. I'm yeah. in the hiding position and yeah. uh, like that. Yeah. And after I think 20 years after I came to Australia, yeah. migrated to Australia. Yeah. And what was the reason for coming here? Because that's in every and each person. In the third world country, their dream is come to the better place. Of course, yeah. And because sense. I have two kids and I love to come to Australia. So you went on and got married and had two children. I had two children. Yep. And you, you had a job there, obviously, obviously in Sri Lanka. Yes, I have a job. I am working as a in the alcohol industry mm-hmm. as a microbiologist. Yeah. Well, and so then you decided to come to Australia. Yeah. Looking for a new life. And yeah. then can you tell us a bit about then when you first realized you were experiencing mental illness? I mean, I imagine going through that trauma with your dad and everything that happened in those three years would have been the start of it all. But can you tell us like when you first realized that you're experiencing mental illness and maybe uh, what was happening in your life at that time? Yeah. First time I experienced my mental illness, I realized I have a mental illness from the Australia. Uh, yeah, when you got here. The, back in Sri Lanka, the doctors told I have depression. They give the medicine for the depression. I don't know which medicine. But if we are admit on that time I have some mental illness, mm-hmm. there is a big disgrace for the family. Uh, so it's like shame? That's a shame. Yeah. And the, even my siblings cannot marry. And the people told if someone had mental illness, they told they are crazy. So did you find when you came to Australia, it was a little bit different? Yeah, that's totally different because the other thing, I'm always in the hallucination in back in Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. I don't know in which day that turn starts, but mm-hmm. it's not, they are discovered, I think. The doctors doesn't know. I am totally in the hallucination for 20, 25, 30 years. Until age of my 42. And then you came to Australia and you st- what happened? Did you start to experience uh, more severe mental health challenges or what happened? Yeah, because I came to Australia, because when I'm back in Sri Lanka, I'm several times not going for the work. Mm-hmm. And when I'm coming to Australia, when came to Australia, also I couldn't find a job. I did the heavy work, that caravan building. Oh, yeah the uh, what is called the stuffing the containers yeah on that time i'm totally depersonalized Mm -hmm. i doesn't know i'm depersonalized you've lost your identity yeah and i'm work like a zombie on that time i got a hernia oh no and i did the hernia i gone through the whole hernia operation and everything was that from and, the heavy work that you were doing? Yeah, because on that time, I, I cannot feel anything. Because sometimes I'm carrying maybe 35 kilograms or something like that. Because I cannot anything feel. Yeah. And that was probably to do with how you were coping mentally as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's... Uh, but in uh, after I came here and I 
one time I hospitalized because I am become homeless. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! In all of that as well, my goodness. Yeah, I become homeless because yeah. I'm I'm why a victim of family violence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yep. And after that, I'm kick out from the home. And so you I'm have nowhere to go. Homeless. Yeah. And I'm couch surfing, uh, rough sleeping. I'm sleeping in my vehicle. Mm-hmm. On that time, after yeah. I'm again getting unwell, and I admit to the northern hospital. Mm-hmm. And was that for, for mental health? Mental health, yes. Yeah. Okay. And they are on that time. They told I have schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder. On that time. Mm-hmm. Before also, I think they given the medicine for schizophrenia. For schizophrenia, yeah. But the the doctors doesn't tell schizophrenia. Okay. So you don't know at this point what's really no, happening. I, I don't know until that point. Yeah. On until that point, I am not believe I have mental illness. Mm. And do you think that comes from everything that you were told in Sri Lanka and the way that they talk about mental health over there? Yeah, they mm. are told, but I am not admitted myself I have mental illness and yeah. I don't believe that totally. yeah, of course but after I get here and I think proper medicine given that's the main thing mm. and after I feel that and wake up from the uh, dream like feeling and it shocked me as well shocked you in what way yeah because I'm on the old days in the hallucination so you're and always having always- hallucination and it was going away yeah, it's going away, and after that time, the reality. I cannot believe the reality on that time. Yeah, and I always think all the world is against myself, mm-hmm. and they are arresting my journey of life. And I thought I am very genius. Wow. Yeah. And so, so you've you've gone to the to the Northern Hospital, and you've and you've had some help, and and did that support continue? Were you able to get more? help after that yes after that i enter to the stream of mental illness mental health the stream mm-hmm. and after i nav- navigate through until now okay because i'm released from the this uh, that place and i am went to the one accommodation yeah in the brunswick lodge yeah and after that i I have to go to a park, prevention and recovery are broad meadows. And after six weeks, I I admitted to the CCU, community care. Community, yeah. And is that where you that's, are now? Yeah, I'm, I'm Wonderful. there for two and a half years. Yeah, that's fantastic. Congratulations. That's really good. So you've yeah. had a, quite a long journey to get where you are. Yeah, and yeah. that is the best place ever I live. On that oh, that's time. wonderful! Because my turning point. Yeah, definitely. On there, because I am rehabilitated, I yeah. I learn a lot of things how to cope with this mm-hmm. mental illness and how to live with that and yeah. how to how to the day to day life living with the other community. Yeah, because I'm socially totally isolated. Of course. And you would have had that so many times before in your life by the sounds of it with everything that happened in Sri Lanka and then coming to a new country and experiencing all that, that would have been the same. So 
you've gone through a lot with the mental health system here and it sounds yeah. like you've had a few different diagnoses along the way how do you feel about your you know your mental health identity now like how do you feel about it and learning about the mental illness and the challenges that you've been through yeah because uh, here diagnosed PTSD as well mm-hmm. because I doesn't know I have PTSD even I don't know what is PTSD and mm-hmm. what is schizoaffective disorder yeah after that, I learned more things because of the education. Yeah. And they did that help you? That's, I think, what I'm getting at too is knowing those diagnoses. Did that help you learn more about it and feel more comfortable with what you're experiencing? Yes, because yeah. I know what are the consequences and how to deal with this one. Yeah. Because this cannot kill, cannot go away from my all the life. Mm-hmm. Because on that time, I have to cope with this one mm. for my day-to-day life. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's the thing. And I got a good psychiatrist, psychologist, so many. I'm used all the services I can get. That's fantastic. So you're really proactive and sounds like you really want to, you know, stay well, which is awesome. How are you doing that? What are some of the the therapies that you've been doing um, to sort of support yourself? Yeah, I'm uh, mainly I take the medicine for schizophrenia, mm-hmm. that is psychiatric medicine, and um, for that one, and the mainly for PTSD, I, uh, with my psychologist, I'm doing the uh, first did the exposure therapy for my traumatic incident. Now we are doing the uh, EDMR uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing mm-hmm. that's the and has that yeah. been helpful yeah that's very helpful yeah. and what is it what does it involve I, I don't know much about that as a therapy what do you do for that because it's natural recovery of brain because brain have natural recovery ability is uh, when we are doing the EDMR process our emotions, our thoughts, our all the senses. Mm-hmm. And is, it, is that the one where you move your eyes in certain ways? Depend. Is that how, how you do that therapy? Is that how that works? Yeah, because uh, my psych, psych, psychologist mm-hmm. moved his hand before my eyes. And now we are on the Zoom and we are doing the tap. Ah, that's a different way of doing it on Zoom. That's interesting. Yeah. So where do you tap? In my knees. Ah, awesome. And that seems to be working well too? Yeah, that's working very well. Oh, because cool. I'm always looking the uh, his hand movement mm-hmm. and the tapping. Yeah. And the same time we scan our body, what are the response to that one so the emotions that you're feeling in your how it responds in your body body yeah 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 after that we are talking about free-flowing the scenario Mm -hmm. and after that it's it's amazing turn to the side by side wow yeah yeah and even just hearing you share your story early on i mean for everything that's happened to you, that's a huge, huge event in your life. And I can only imagine the impact that it's had. But 
for you to be able to come on here and share. Do you think that's something you would have been able to do? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's really good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wonderful. And I understand that you've been um, utilising the NDIS too, is that correct? Yeah, I'm yeah. using NDIS. And how are you finding it? It's really good because mm-hmm. first time I introduced the NDIS by uh, CCU. They are my uh, case manager. And that provided me the psychologist's Psychologist appointments, all mm-hmm. the appointments they are providing the money, mm-hmm. and uh, the best thing I like that because it's related to my recovery. The other thing they will provide the my recreation activities. That means uh, connect with the community. Yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? Yeah, because each and every person I know they need to be joy and happiness their life. Absolutely. Because if anyone has mental illness, they are very self-centered and they haven't found a joy in their life. So having illness like an iceberg, iceberg mm-hmm. because we can see only one-third and two-thirds in the... In the water. Yeah, that's, the water. A, that's a great analogy. I love that. And you're so right. You know, people with mental illness, they do need that extra support to be able to get themselves into community, to be able to enjoy different aspects of their life. What are some of the things you've been able to do uh, in the community um, with the NDIS? And the other thing, I got the OT, OT funding mm-hmm. and I got the... Uh, my DSW, Disability Support Worker, because uh, sometimes I cannot go out from my home because the fear involving sometimes. On that time, they will help me to get out from here and they connect with the people and the places. We are going together shopping and my budgeting like That's that. Beautiful. And uh, yeah, and I'm got the big uh, help from the DHHS, Department of housing mm-hmm. because now i am waiting for the government housing oh fantastic that'll be exciting are you looking yeah. forward to that having your own place yeah oh now that'll I'm be wonderful waiting yeah. for that so. yeah so what are some of the things you like to do to look after yourself what's what gives you joy in your life what are some of the things that make you happy because i like to give on back to the community that is my healing point as well. Because if someone with mental illness, I can help to them to come out from that thing. That is the I, what I can do because I am coming a long journey until yeah, now. Yeah, of course. And I am volunteering uh, to the Osnam House. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with that of volunteering? Uh, I'm in the cafe service because I am barista now. Oh, wow. Fantastic. I'm to the people in there when need. Yep. And I'm serving and sometimes I'm doing the kitchen hand to there. Oh, that's wonderful. I'll have to come and see you and, and get a coffee from you at some time. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That sounds great. Well, you know, you've come on here today and you've shared so much about your experiences and, you know, you really have been through a lot in your life and, you know, you've talked about some of the stigma that happens in Sri Lanka and and the differences and I'm so glad that you came to Australia and that you were able to get the support that you needed and, and now you're moving into living the life that you want to live, which is wonderful. 
Um, how are you doing now? Yeah, I'm doing very well now because uh, I'm in the happy and this is blessed country and this is the heaven for me. Oh, yeah, yeah because this is my now suds are very low. Suds means a uh, distress unit. Distress, yeah. Stress units, yeah. Yeah, that one very low and my trigger points are low. And here I'm in the very peaceful country. That's the main thing. Mm. Because I feel I'm very secure and very safe here. Yeah, and safety is so important, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I know I, I know I've already said this, but you know, I find your story amazing. I think you showed amazing resilience and strength and you've faced some really challenging situations and you've overcome them and you should be really proud of where you are today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you have any parting words or advice you'd like to give our listeners before we wrap up? Yeah. Uh, first thing, they need to be self-care. Anyone have mental illness? First thing, first love for myself. Mm. That means they need to be self-care and the take the medication and the live with that illness because it need to be strategically and it need to be more methodically, methodically, methodic, methodic methods because they have coping methods Mm -hmm. we need to use that and we need to reach out what we can get from the help from the organization Mm -hmm. that's main important because people are doesn't go to the to ask the help very hesitate to do that it's that's the hardest step isn't it is reaching out and asking for that help yeah yeah and and if you can given back to the community. Yes, absolutely. I'm all for that, giving back. I often say that when you go and help someone else, it's like you get self-esteem currency. So it's like it makes you feel better about yourself to know that you're helping someone else and they feel good, you know, knowing that you've helped them. And it's a way to just share, as you're doing now, all that information that you've learned along your journey, which helps everyone, which is fantastic. Yeah. Any other tips? Or is that it? <laughs> Mainly the coping methods. Yeah. Need to be, if anyone has PTSD, need to be good psychologist. And yep. after that, he given the so many coping methods. Yeah. I have personally most seven. That is my safe place, imaginary place. And uh, yeah, there's so many coping methods we have. Yeah, no, so that's great. Need to be learned from the psychologies and uh, practicing that on asset. Yeah, it sounds like they've all been a really great support to you, which is fantastic. Well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show today um, and sharing your story with our listeners. Thank you very much for giving this opportunity to me. Yeah, no worries at all. Now, I'll let our listeners know that you can find more of our shows on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, or on Spotify, wherever you happen to download your 3CR podcast. If you have a story to share, if you'd like to send us some feedback or suggestions for future shows, please email us at brainwaves at wellways.org. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe and we'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. 
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.